This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Get the f*** out of here. Tough guy with that little badge. <laughs> little, little participation badge. Get the f*** out of here. The video showing Burnaby RCMP officers dealing with a shocking level of abuse. The closures are in place for a reason. Storm aftermath, how people are refusing to listen after mudslides close a North Vancouver regional park. And the latest on the rapper Drake and his accusations of being profiled by a Vancouver casino. You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening. Thanks very much for joining us. Those stories in just a moment. But first, some breaking news about a fight in Port Coquitlam that is now being treated as murder. Our Tanya Beja is in Port Coquitlam with the details on this. Tanya, what happened? Sonia, police were called to this home here on Atkins Avenue early this morning following a dispute in the basement suite. We're told that two people were stabbed and taken to hospital, one with critical injuries. Now, members of the integrated homicide investigation team spent much of the day here and are just now confirming that one man has died of his injuries. Neighbours tell us that they heard yelling and screaming just after five this morning. Here's how they describe what unfolded. There's always a commotion going on, probably every other night. Uh, screaming, fighting, police are here. A pretty known house to the block. Uh, last night, probably, well, this morning, about 5.30 a.m., um, there was a woman frantically screaming. So I just heard somebody screaming like a banshee. Heard the sirens coming. Uh, came to pull out of the parking garage, and there were five cruisers, four or five cruisers, and a few ambulances here. And then the police line tape started going up. It's a little disappointing. Like when you wake up and hear something like that, you're, my first thought was it sounds like someone's in trouble, but I was really hoping it was maybe just people had something to drink and were having a bit too much fun. So definitely wasn't expecting to see the police tape. Now, police say there is no risk to public safety, but no word yet on an arrest. Sonia, back to you. All right, Tanya, thank you very much for the update there. Now, when anyone goes out to work, putting up with abuse isn't meant to be part of the job. But for a group of RCMP police officers, that is exactly what happened. A shocking new video now circulating online, showing the officers repeatedly being sworn at and told to leave. Grace Key shows us how the officers responded. Ten just for us, eh? This video posted on Facebook shows Burnaby RCMP on Halloween night responding to a call dealing with fireworks. I see seven guys with guns looking at me. Fireworks are over. See, exactly. It's over. Exactly. Get the f*** out of here. Get the f*** out of here. Tough guy with that little participation badge. By Sunday afternoon, it's gotten more than 34,000 views. It's been shared more than 280 times, and it has dozens of comments. Some are critical of the police, but most praise the restraint the officers showed and condemn the actions and language of the men heard in the video. I really hope you're not teaching him, because you 
Suck at your job. The person who posted the video is one of the organizers for Wake Up Surrey, a grassroots movement that's been bringing attention to violence in the area. He writes, sad to see the behavior of our youth towards RCMP. Officers, you are doing your duty. Another comment, RCMP should not have been treated in this manner. These rude babies should be put in jail. Thank you, Winkle. Take a winkle. A Wake Up Surrey organizer says the men's behavior is shameful. There's an increase in, in the lack of respect with a segment of our youth towards authority, whether it's teachers, whether it's their own parents, whether it's uh, police. It's, it's a lack of respect. A retired chief of police in Delta has seen the video and says the officers did show incredible restraint. How did the police deal with that attitude? than for somebody in the public to have to put up with that kind of nonsense from people. You can't believe it, Brown. The details of the call are unclear, but it's certainly generated plenty of feedback on social media. Get the f*** out of here! Grace Key, Global News. In Abbotsford, several vehicles were left destroyed by an arson attack overnight. Firefighters were called to an auto body shop on Windsor Street at about 11.30 p.m. After four to five vehicles were on fire, uh, crews were able to knock this down quickly and stop the flames from spreading to the building. No one was hurt. Police and firefighters do believe, though, that this fire was suspicious. They now have a fire investigator that's been called in to the scene. Calmer weather today after a strong storm pushed through the south coast last night, causing a popular park in North Vancouver to close. Jordan Armstrong is following this story for us tonight. Jordan, we're talking about Lynn Headwaters Regional Park here. Um, Just how bad is the damage? Well, Sonny, it hasn't been assessed just yet, but it does seem to be quite serious. We know the road to Lynn Headwaters Park is blocked by a debris flow. And inside, a number of the trails are damaged. Winds up to 80 kilometers an hour overnight and high river levels have created conditions Metro Vancouver officials describe as hazardous. There are several signs of warning of the danger, but even with our camera rolling in plain view today, many people, some with pets and kids in tow, are ignoring the closure. North Shore Rescue is fearing a spike in calls for help and they're imploring hikers to stay out of the park. Be very aware, and you don't want to put your family at risk, that's for sure. And another warning is, is for your pets as well. I mean, the rivers, the creeks, they're all flowing very high right now. And if those animals or your children go in the water, uh, it's going to be a, a really tough day. Metro Vancouver says an engineer is scheduled to visit the park tomorrow to assess damage and begin working on a cleanup plan. It's not clear yet when the park could reopen. Sonia. All right, we hope it's soon. Thanks very much for that, Jordan. Questions tonight after a man racing in a half marathon out at UBC was hit by a transit bus this morning. The accident happened at about nine o'clock this morning on Southwest Marine Drive during the Vancouver Fall Classic Half Marathon. Police say a runner in his late 50s ran into the traffic lane and was hit by a bus. He was taken to hospital with non-life-threatening injuries. I noticed in the traffic lane a bus went by and then a couple seconds later I heard a big bang, looked up right away. The bus had slammed on its brakes, and I saw the guy fall and hit the ground. That part of Southwest Marine Drive is uh, two lanes of traffic in each direction. Uh, but, you know, like I said, they kept the inside lane of traffic open heading eastbound. Why they didn't just close off the entire eastbound side of the, tra- uh, of, the, of the road and have the westbound side open for traffic only and runners separated from the cars, I have no idea. 
Race organisers have told us they've launched a thorough review now of what happened. In Surrey, one person was killed in a late-night crash, 88th Avenue between 132nd Street and King George Boulevard. Uh, was closed for hours while police investigated. An SUV and car were both heavily damaged by the impact of the crash. Police say one of the drivers died at the scene. Three other people were rushed to hospital. Their injuries are said to be ranging from minor to life-threatening. No word yet on the cause of that collision. Former BC Lion Josh Bowden has been charged with murder in the death of his former girlfriend nearly a decade ago. 33-year-old Kimberly Lynn Hallgarth was found dead in a Burnaby home in March of 2009, seven months before she was found deceased. Josh Bowden was acquitted of assaulting Hallgarth. Bowden, who was considered a person of interest in the Hallgarth homicide investigation, has now been charged with murder in the death of the young mother. The 32-year-old appearing before a justice of the peace on Saturday and was remanded in custody for an appearance in Vancouver Provincial Court. That happens on Monday. Residents of Old Fort in northern B.C. are now able to go home after more than a month of being forced to leave their homes. An evacuation order was put in place after a landslide came down on the highway. That was at the end of September. It did wipe out power and leaving the only road in and out of the town unpassable. Well, today, the Transportation Minister announced a semi-permanent road has now been built over the slide. That means that the road has opened to local traffic. A warning to those in the area, experts are saying it still is a construction zone as crews are continuing to make repairs there. More tonight on that controversy surrounding rapper Drake and the Park Casino. The casino has told us that they have made contact with the superstar for turning him away earlier this weekend. But as Julia Foy reports, we've yet to hear from Drake. Canadian rapper Drake sparked a love fest at Rogers Arena Saturday night. Best concert I've been to, hands down. Really? Honestly, yeah. Oh, it's great. It was so good. Great time. Call me on my cell phone. And it appears some of that love may have also spilled over to settle the spat with the Park Casino. Early Saturday morning, Drake posted an angry message, which claims he was profiled and not allowed to gamble. It doesn't make any sense for like the most famous artist in the world. I feel like that's bad for business. Park Casino sent out a statement saying they apologized for the experience a customer had and that they categorically stand against racism. Casino commentator Sandy Garasino suggests the conflict may involve BC's new tough rules about spending more than $10,000. Well, what happened? What was this, what, what's this all about? In some other place, it might be that a really big celebrity, there would be a nudge-nudge-wink-wink situation, but maybe here, it's a little bit hotter. The BC Lottery Corporation requires people to complete a source of funds disclosure for cash deposits over 10 grand. This is stricter than similar rules in other provinces. The Lottery Corporation and regulators are breathing hard down the necks of casino uh, operators. Drake has not posted an update on the casino conflict, but Global News has learned that there has been communication between the two sides and the situation has been resolved and everything is okay. Global News reached out to Park and they responded with a statement which says Park Vancouver is responsible 
for following all directives set out by the BCLC, and we follow these guidelines for every customer. For this customer, his focus is now only on performing another sellout show. Julia Foy, Global News. Welcome back. Well, one person has died after two small planes crashed midair over Ottawa today. Officials have not determined how it happened, only that the two planes collided over the west end of the city this morning. One of the planes crashed into a nearby field. The other landed safely at the Ottawa International Airport. It is not clear how many people were inside the planes at the time, but no other injuries have been reported. The Transportation Safety Board is now investigating. The FDA has just approved a powerful new opioid called Desuvia. This is more potent than fentanyl, which is responsible for thousands of overdose deaths in Canada every year. Matt Bradley has got the details. For those fighting America's opioid epidemic, it's a hard pill to swallow. Politicians and drug safety advocates say the FDA's approval of Desuvia, an opioid painkiller ten times as potent as fentanyl, throws more fuel on the raging fires of America's opioid crisis. Massachusetts Senator Edward Markey and three other senators signed a letter last week demanding the FDA not greenlight the drug. What the FDA is doing by authorizing Desuvia to go into the market is supercharging uh, an already deadly problem that we have in our country. For the senator, it's personal. Opioid deaths in Massachusetts are more than twice the national average. But the FDA says it has safety measures in place and that Desuvia is restricted to use in certified, medically supervised healthcare settings such as hospitals, surgical centers, and emergency departments. Manufacturer Accelerex says it won't be abused like fentanyl, morphine, or other drugs because the pill comes in a single dose, is not for in-home use, and not available in pharmacies. Desuvia is very different than most opioids. It's not for outpatient use, and you will not find it in a Walgreens or a CVS. It was requested by the Pentagon for battlefield use, where intravenous painkillers can be ineffective or unavailable. We've seen this before where people say, you know, there's no way this can be abused. We have regulations in place. But even those very controlled substances have shown abuse in the past. A new tool for pain management, which will be closely watched as America's opioid crisis gets worse. Matt Bradley, NBC News. In China, 14 people have been killed in a highway pileup. It happened last night in northern China. Police say the driver of a large truck lost control and crashed into a line of cars waiting at a toll station. Seven others have also been badly hurt. An investigation is now underway. To the U.S. now and only 48 hours left until the U.S. midterm elections. With a final push to get out the vote, both Presidents Trump and Obama rallying supporters today in the most critical races. NBC's Kelly O'Donnell reports. A megawatt matchup made by these unpredictable midterms. Today, two presidents on the trail. 45. This is like being at a Georgia football game. And 44 back in action. I've been doing a little campaigning, but I'm a little out of shape. President Trump putting some distance between himself and the fate of House Republicans as he left the White House. The difference is I can't campaign for all of those House members. There's so many of them. But claiming he has been an asset to Republican Senate races. So I think I've made a difference of five or six or seven. That's a big difference. The former president in Gary, Indiana today, a state he carried once in 2008 and where Trump won in 16. 
Barack Obama trying to keep a Senate seat blue by helping incumbent Democrat Joe Donnelly. When you vote, you can be a check on bad behavior. When you vote, you can choose hope over fear. Democrats, many both confident and concerned, that voters who have appeared motivated for months will follow through at the polls. Everybody's encouraged others to get out and vote. President Trump making stops in Georgia and Tennessee today, scrapping to make sure Republican-held seats stay red. So if you want more caravans and you want more crime, vote Democrat. It's very simple. Women are among the most sought-after midterm voters. Um, for me, it's security, jobs, economy. The Washington Post is reporting Amazon is in advanced talks to build its second headquarters near Washington, D.C. That likely means Toronto, the only Canadian city on the shortlist, is out of the running. The retail giant announced last year that they are looking to open another headquarters somewhere in North America. Of course, with that comes up to 50,000 new jobs. Amazon is apparently considering an area in Arlington, Virginia, which is just south of Washington. Company founder and CEO Jeff Bezos, who owns the Washington Post, uh, but Amazon's economic development director has slammed the report on Twitter. A legend from Calgary's 1988 Winter Games making a triumphant return today back to Calgary. If you don't mind. Welcome back to Calgary. Thank you. Thank you. Eddie the Eagle, of course. Real name Michael Edwards, landing in Calgary this afternoon. He was one of the most famous athletes from the 1988 Calgary Olympics. He's also the first Olympic ski jumpers from the UK since 1928. He's in Calgary to support the city's bid to host the 2026 Winter Olympics at a rally. Excitement, um, um, enthusiasm, love of sport, uh, camaraderie. Um, all sorts of things. Uh, I think the Calgarians in 1988 were so proud to host the Olympic Games um, and it was such a special Olympics. It, I'm very biased because I, uh, I loved it and it was my first, it was my dream to get there. Um, but, uh, but it was a fantastic Olympics and uh, it was an underdogs Olympics. You know, the Jamaican bobsled team and myself, it was such a special Olympics. Um, and I think they can do even better still and, and host another one. Who doesn't love Eddie the Eagle? He's one of several Olympic athletes coming to Calgary to help give a boost to the Yes Forces. Advanced polls for the plebiscite start in Calgary on Tuesday. And what a day in the Big Apple as 50,000 runners hit the pavement for the TC, uh, TCS New York City Marathon. Oh, Marsha! Marsha! And we're very proud of that runner right there. That is Global BC producer, Marsha Gabriel. Marsha has been training for the marathon for months. Uh, she finished the grueling race in three hours, 42 minutes and 14 seconds, which is quite an amazing time. Although we think she lost a few seconds there as she stopped to give her husband a little kiss. Congratulations to Marsha. An amazing achievement. We've been following on Instagram. She's done very, very well. I bet she's got sore feet right now. <laughs> yeah, coming back to amazing. work soon. That's a good time. Anything under... Is that amazing? Uh, I mean, really, under four hours. That's That's awesome. a huge yeah, thing. Congrats, Marsh. We're yeah. so proud of you. I actually didn't know she could run that fast. <laughs> giving me the runaround for years. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's uh, get a look at the Weather Festival. And, uh, oh, my goodness, 
last night was crazy. This morning, it's like nothing happened. Yeah, it's a calm after yeah. the storm, depending on where you are across Metro Vancouver. And what a difference a day makes. It'll be uh, much calmer this evening. A quick glance at the satellite and radar. We are still looking at a few isolated showers. It'll be very light in terms of the precipitation. The winds have eased off now. It'll be much calmer. Uh, we do have a nice stretch of a few dry days, so things can dry out if you want to get out and rake your leaves. And of course, coming up uh, very shortly, I'll show you some of the storm totals, what we did see, and then we'll look at your work week forecast coming up shortly. All right, thanks everyone. And in sport, what you got for us, Barry? Big uh, football day, of course, as Sunday's off. And our Seahawks, uh, if they're going to make the playoffs, kind of needed this win against the uh, Chargers. Came down to the wire, and Seattle fell just a bit short. So a tough loss for them. So their playoff path maybe took a bit of a uh, left turn today. So we'll have highlights of that coming up. And I wanted to say, I did see Eddie the Eagle live back at the Olympics in 88. I was the one day I actually had tickets. There was, it was a spectacular sunny day. They had, I think, over 100,000 people in the ski jump bowl. And he was very popular. <laughs> and uh, I just remember the fans were chanting, uh, less filling tastes great back and forth. The old Miller Lite ads. It was 30 <laughs> years ago. But it was, it was a great memory. And, and uh, everyone did love him. It's it's a, yeah. a complete legend, isn't he? He is, yeah. And, and you know, you just that movie? he landed, people were so happy. You <laughs> did know, you see the he, movie? There's a movie uh, about him. Was I've it last not seen year, the movie. Year I've seen parts of it. But yeah, he's, yeah. he was very popular then. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Still is. Well, it's a very moving sight at the Tower of London, marking the centenary of the end of the First World War. Beefeaters, joined by volunteers to light up 10,000 beacons, stake to the ground surrounding the landmark. The lighting of the flames also accompanied by a specially commissioned recording, recording with music and poetry. Now, this ceremony is repeated every night until November the 11th. Also been 100 years since a BC family lost their son on a battlefield in Belgium. In honour of his sacrifice, his family did receive a memorial plaque or death penny as it's known, only for it to be lost, or so they thought. Kristen Robinson now reports on how it came back to them. I have a present for you. And this is for your family. George Donatelli is opening up a window into his past that he never knew existed. His uncle... Private Antonio Donatelli fought in the First World War. Enlisting in the BC Regiment of the Canadian Infantry in November 1917, 10 months later, the 24-year-old died on the battlefield. Much of the fallen soldier's memory lost until recently. This is the original death plaque that was given to your family. Historian Guy Black found Antonio's dead man's penny and spent the last six months tracing it to his relatives in Mission. How did you track that down? I found it in an antique store back in 2006, and I've had it ever since. That's pretty pretty amazing. So it has Antonio Donatelli's yeah. name on it? Holy cow. The guy had mentioned it to me, and I had never heard of it. So uh, this is really something... Black held on to the bronze memorial for 12 years before deciding 2018 was the time to pass it on. I just thought it was important on the anniversary of the end of World War I that the family should have the plaque. 
Antonio is buried in Pas-de-Calais, France, while in Hawaii, great-nephew Andrew happened to meet a Belgian couple who lived close to the soldier's grave. The pair paid a visit to Quarrywood Cemetery last Remembrance Day on his behalf. And he said that they're going to go back every year because now they feel they have a personal connection. Just like the real Donatelli's back home, now holding on to a long-lost memento. I think we should display it. Kristen Robinson, Global News. Welcome back. Well, dozens of uh, brave men lacing up their sneakers and also pulling out their best pair of underwear for the Movember Undie Run today. What a sight. About 100 people hitting the pavement in their sacks. Moustache-themed underwear to raise funds and awareness for men's health. The run starting in Olympic Village, taking joggers over Canby Street, uh, over the Canby Street Bridge, and following the seawall back to the finish line. This is the 11th Movember campaign in Canada. Movember just began raising awareness through our mustaches, and this is another way, getting guys out there running in their underwear, creating a bit of noise for men's health and raising funds for prostate cancer, testicular cancer, men's mental health, and suicide prevention. Good for them because it was really cold out there today, Yvonne. <laughs> it was good that it dried off and it was a nice dry start for them. Exactly. So that's good news. Too. And can I just say, yes, the clocks went forward. I think I said back and like my head's all over the place today <laughs> with the time change. So I'm not sure about you. It's okay. I hope you still got that extra hour of sleep in some actually. shape or form. <laughs> in some shape or form. All right. It was stormy. Let's take a look at some of the numbers and what we racked up from this past storm. Uh, these are the numbers that were taken from 6 p.m. on Friday all the way in towards this morning. So over the past 36 hours. Squamish, one of the harder hit areas, up to 63 millimeters, over 60 for West Van. Burnaby Mountain, up to 56 uh, out of the airport, 19. But Vancouver Harbor at 47 and lesser amounts for areas near Victoria at 17 millimeters and Hope getting up to 48 millimeters. The winds are also a big weather story. A look back at some of the numbers. The airport clocked up to 44 kilometers. Saturna Island at 67 and Tawasson at 61. It was very windy overnight and for the early mornings across the south coast, but interior sections this afternoon still saw the winds today with Cologne up to 56, a Soyuz up to 35 kilometers per hour. Those were wind gusts. A look at our tower cam this evening. So there are dry conditions. A few isolated showers may pop up this evening and leading into the early morning hours. Much drier come the afternoon. Temperatures are sitting at 10 with a southerly wind at 6 kilometers per hour and our high today was up to 13, above the average for this time of the year of 10. High into the teens today with the Soyuz, a warm one, mild at 17, but chilly for the northeastern corners with the peace at minus 5. So still a few isolated showers. We can see that on the satellite and radar, but zooming on out across interior sections, the central half of the province, overnight a chance of flurries and then changing over to a chance of showers. The bulk of the moisture, we've seen it push off towards the east, but it'll really just be unsettled with a few isolated showers on and off and then dry by tomorrow afternoon. The peace, the wind chill tomorrow at minus 15 and then back into some sunshine for Tuesday, Wednesday. Whitehorse minus 11 with the wind chill at minus 20. Dry for both your Monday, Tuesday. Along the north coast, still one more wet day. Sunshine making a return for your Tuesday. Caribou and central interiors we're seeing that flurry activity too and up to 5 centimeters. It'll clear out late in the day for your Tuesday. Columbia and Kootenai, a few flurries for the morning hours, changing over to a chance of showers and a high of 8. Thompson, Okanagan, 11 as the high. The Thompson region could still see a chance for some morning showers. Much drier come the afternoon. 
and most areas. For Whistler, we'll still see some cloud cover tomorrow. Showers for the morning hours, a clearing late by the evening hours. And across the island, we're seeing temperatures bumping up to 12 degrees with that chance of showers along the south coast. It'll be just for the morning commute. By the noon hour, it should be quite dry with a nice clearing on the way. Looking fantastic for the beginning of our work week. And even midweek, Wednesday, Thursday, Sonia, looks like we'll see, see some sunshine. Temperatures a touch cooler with only highs of 9 degrees. Great. Some good picture days coming up then. Thank you very much for that, Yvonne. Okay, for some it might sound a little batty, but it is a popular fall family tradition in Texas and that is going out at dusk to watch the wonder of nature. We've got this report from Kerry Sanders from the Batcave. Just beyond the cactus, down a dusty road, lies a cave in central Texas, where this time of year, one of Mother Nature's most intriguing wonders takes flight just before sunset. That's the sound of more than 15 million bats near San Antonio. An evening spectacle oh, yeah, mm-hmm. that's become a popular family outing. How would you describe this? Natural Geographic in real life. The sky's so darkened by these creatures, they show up on Doppler radar. Nearby military flights rerouted as the Mexican freetail bats fly up to 10,000 feet, 60 miles in every direction for a bug buffet. Bats eat bugs. Um, This colony of bats can eat 147 tons of bugs tonight. That's more than the weight of three Boeing 737s. What do you think of this? It's amazing. It's amazing. I think the sound is incredible. How about the smell? The smell is terrible. (laughs) (laughs) This is what you expect, but turns out bats are not going to fly into my hair or try to suck my blood. There's only one bat on Earth that does it, and it's not these. From bat tats to folk art and even jewelry. Love bats. Texas is so proud of its bats, they're honored at Austin's Bat Fest each year. I love the way they're just like exotic creatures. They're kind of like eerie looking, kind of weird. Home to the world's largest urban bat colony at dusk every night, a show against the city skyline. Meanwhile, back at the Bat Cave, they'll begin migrating south to Mexico in late November. And next year, as they've done for a thousand years, you better believe it, they'll be back. It's cool. Why are we whispering? I don't know. Because <laughs> of the bats? Kerry Sanders, NBC News, Como County, Texas. All right, welcome back. Have you been affected by the time change tool then? Now that you mention it, I'm getting tired now. <laughs> it feels are. like there's just yeah, been an extra hour of this day. Yeah, because it's really <laughs> past seven now, technically. I love how we do that for a few days. You do, and then you kind of just Get say, hey, <laughs> just live with it, which we're going to do. All right. <laughs> it's an excellent throw to sports, by the way. Uh, the Seahawks have been somewhat of a pleasant surprise as they reach the midway point of their season today. Seattle's new commitment to the running game and a rebuilt defense has given Seahawks fans a glimmer of hope that Seattle could return to the playoffs this season. They'll likely need to get to 10 wins. Right now they have four. So today's home game against the Chargers was crucial. Russell Wilson, three touchdown passes last week at Detroit. And good start in the first. Wilson, all sorts of time. O-line giving him an opportunity to find an open target. And he finds Jerron Brown at the back of the end zone. Fantastic catch by Brown. Gets the feet down. 7-0 Seahawks in front. But the Chargers... 
led by Philip Rivers, can put up some points too. Rivers will find Terrell Williams after we look at the uh, very nice synchronized celebration of the Hawks. Terrell Williams, nice back shoulder catch in the end zone. Well executed play there by the Chargers. They missed the extra point, so the Seahawks remained up 7-6. But in the second, the Chargers take the lead. Melvin Gordon, their dynamic running back, shows his talents. 34-yard touchdown run just gets the cone into the end zone. 12-7 San Diego, or L.A., not San Diego, used to be San Diego. Then late in the half, Rivers to Mike Williams, who makes the catch, spins out of a tackle, stays in bounds, takes it in for the touchdown. 19-10 Chargers at the half. Fourth quarter, Seahawks on the move, but Wilson is picked by Desmond King, who takes it all the way back. 42-yard interception return, just the third pick six Wilson has surrendered in his NFL career. 25-10 Chargers, but the Seahawks do not quit. Russell will squeeze a bullet pass to Nick Vanette. Seahawks down 8-25-17. It came down to the final play. Fourth down, have to go to the end zone. And it is no good, but wait, penalty flags down. Pass interference in the end zone, so they will get the ball at the one-yard line with one more play. They took a false start penalty, so they back it up to the six. Wilson to the end zone for the tie, but David Moore dropped it. Well, maybe that ball was tipped, a good defensive play. Anyway, Seahawks gave it a valiant effort, but they lose 25-17. They're now 4-4, eighth in the NFC. The undefeated Rams in New Orleans, L.A. 8-0, the Saints 6-1, the two best records in the NFC, and this was a shootout. Did it live up to the billing or what? Drew Brees keeps adding to his record totals as an NFL quarterback, finds Alvin Kamara for the TD, 14-7 Saints, and then in the second, Brees to Benjamin Watch, and a perfect touch on that fade route, 13-yard touchdown. Saints put up 35 in the first half, led 35-17, but the Rams rally in the uh, second half. Jared Goff to Malcolm Brown who will dive in just inside the cone. Great athletic play here. 18-yard touchdown. Rams down just eight entering the fourth. And it doesn't take long. They tie it up. Goff to Cooper Cup down the sidelines. 41-yard touchdown. Two-point conversion was good. Rams were once down by 21. Tied it at 35. But Drew Brees just keeps on coming. Goes deep to Michael Thomas. Hits him in stride. He's gone for a 72-yard TD. Thomas, 211 receiving yards. Four touchdowns for the ageless Brees, who turns 40 in January. Saints hand the Rams their first loss, 45-35. Seahawks visit the Rams next week in L.A. Lions and Vikings from Minnesota. This was all about the... Big purple, people purple eater defense. Fourth quarter, Matt Stafford of the Lions pitches to his running back but misses. That's a live football. It's a fumble. Vikings' Daniel Hunter scoops it up. 32-yard touchdown return, 24-6 Minnesota. The Lions' O-line just had no answer for the Viking pass rush. Minnesota got to Stafford for a franchise record 10 sacks. Minnesota wins at 24-9. They're now 5-3-1. Bucks and Panthers from Carolina. Panthers at 5-2. They were unstoppable today. How about a little razzle-dazzle? Eventually, Curtis Samuel has the ball, and he's going to take it all the way for the touchdown, a 33-yard TD run. They deserved extra style points for that play. 21-7 Panthers in the second. Later on in the quarter, Cam Newton to Greg Olson, who makes a ridiculous 
one-handed catch. The dude does have some big hands, but that's a great play. 17-yard touchdown, Panthers cruise 42-28. They're 6-2, still a game back of New Orleans in the NFC South. Bears and Bills from Buffalo, and like the Vikings, the Bears got a huge performance from their defense. It helps that the Bills are horrible. Ball stripped from the receiver here, and Eddie Jackson scoops it up. And he's gone 65 yards the other way for the touchdown. 14-0 Bears. And then later in the first, Nathan Peterman, perhaps the worst quarterback in the NFL. One of his three picks on the day. This one goes back for a touchdown. Oh, that one was tipped. Leonard Floyd with the pick six. Bears roll the Bills. 41-9. Chicago at 5-3 leads the NFC North. In the AFC, the 7-1 Chiefs visiting the Cleveland Browns. The Chiefs have so many weapons, none bigger than their little big man, Kareem Hunt. Screen pass, and Hunt does the rest. A dynamic 50-yard touchdown for Kareem Hunt. And then later on, it's uh, Hunt again. He's just a touchdown machine. This was his third of the game, making it look easy. Chiefs go to 8-1 and one after the 37-21 victory over Cleveland. Welcome back. All week, the Lions tried to convince themselves they would be playing their hearts out for Wally Buono in his home coaching finale against the Stampeders. But as much as they love their coach, the game meant nothing to the Lions and everything to the Stampeders, who clinched first with a convincing 26-9 win. And the Lions' flat effort was not really that much of a surprise, considering the circumstance. Wally introduced before the game. Not often the coach comes out of the tunnel, but a special night. Many former players on hand. But the Stamps spoiled the party. Former Seahawk receiver Chris Matthews. That's a fantastic catch right there to the one-yard line. Led to a Stamps TD. They're up 12-0 after one. Calgary was never really in danger of losing this. They were in control from the opening kick. Bo Levi Mitchell to Markeith Ambles. 25-0 at the half Calgary. They put up 340 yards offense. Now Wally did get honored at the half. Got a nice ovation. Says he appreciated all the love from the fans. 282 career wins. Six Grey Cups. Still hoping to add to that Grey Cup total starting next week in Hamilton. But his team was never in it. Losing 26-9 in Wally's home finale. Football is a funny game. Uh, If you don't have that adrenaline, those butterflies, that anxiety, uh, it's hard to create uh, that intensity that you need to play at this level, right? Yeah, it's rough, but we're going to come together uh, this week and we're going to get ready to go on the road and play a tough Hamilton team. Uh, Put this in the past and it's a new season now, so we're excited. MLS Conference Semifinals, Portland and Seattle. Game one from Portland, always a fantastic atmosphere, but the Sounders get a huge road goal to open the scoring. Raul Rui Diaz to the top of the net. That's a beautiful finish there. Seattle on top 1-0, but Portland answer. Jeremy Ibobise beats Stefan Fry to the ball and chips it over the Seattle keeper, ties it at one, and then Diego Valeri, so often the creator of goals for the Timbers, does it again. Sebastian Blanco settles it, then scores from the sharp angle. Portland wins the first leg 2-1. Second game goes Thursday in Seattle. EPL Sunday, Manchester City and Southampton. City flexed its offensive muscle today. Raheem Sterling on the run. Goes through everyone and then flips it back to Sergio Aguero, who will never score an easier one. That's his 150th Premier League goal. And City really made it look easy against inferior competition. Raheem Sterling again doing the legwork. Deep cross to David Silva, 3-0. And then Aguero will spring Raheem Sterling, who will 
Strike for his second of the match as City crushes Southampton 6-1 to power back to the top of the table. They're at nine wins and two draws. And we'll show you Chelsea Crystal Palace. Chelsea yet to lose this season, and they kept that streak intact. 32nd minute, Alvaro Morata opens up the scoring in close for Chelsea, who put three on the board today. Morata will add a second. Eden Hazard with the free kick, floating it in, and Morata will drill it home. Pedro added a third, and Chelsea win 3-1. They are two points behind Man City. NHL tonight, Senators and Lightning from Ottawa. Sens got blasted 9-2 by Buffalo on Saturday, but Ottawa came to play today. Nice setup on the power play. Bobby Ryan firing home the Mark Stone feed. 1-0 Sens. It was tied at 2 in the third. On a delayed penalty, defenseman Cody Ceci jumps in and gives the Sens a lead. 3-2 with under 5 to play, but they couldn't hold the lead. Coaches do not like this. They're down a goal, killing a penalty. Can't clear the zone, and Ottawa ties it on a goal by Braden Point. Yanni Gord has just scored in overtime, so 4-3 the final. Tampa wins. And we'll finish off with a little golf from Vegas. Final round of the Shriners Hospitals for Children's event. Bryson DeChambeau, co-leader through 54 holes, was down a shot off the lead on 16, but this is for Eagle off the green from 58 feet, and it goes down, and DeChambeau wins his fifth PGA Tournament won two FedEx playoff events. Now this one, Nick Taylor of Abbotsford finished 36th at 10 under par. There you go, Sonia. 36 isn't bad. That's not bad. Not 36 bad. out of whatever, 130. So yeah. you did all right. All right, finally tonight, hopefully you have changed all your clocks and gone back an hour. Global's at Jules Knox now with whether or not people enjoyed that extra hour of sleep. One day a year, that can happen. The annual clock fallback. When is it? Last night. Oh, okay, so I'm early today. Did it go backwards or forwards? It went back. What time is it? As for what people did with that extra hour? Slept. <laughs> Slept, I believe. <laughs> of course, there's a cost to that extra hour of sleep, and it comes in March when clocks spring ahead. I don't like it. I'd like to cut to the chase and go half an hour either way and leave it there for the till I pass this earth. Daylight savings time widely adopted during the First World War to save money on heating costs. But not everybody follows it, like Saskatchewan and some pockets of BC. With the recent time change, it will be darker in the evening and brighter in the morning. But when would people rather see the sun? In the morning, in the morning. It makes sense. You wake up, it's a new day, new time. It's just getting up in the dark is just the worst. I like the evening light. I do. After considering the pros and cons of daylight savings, the provincial government recently ruling out any changes. I've received literally thousands, thousands of uh, interventions from the public on this question. I know it's a passionate issue, but uh, there are complications to our trading arrangements. There are complications to being on the same time as the people you're dealing with in the business day. Although some believe other factors should trump trade. Well, as a mental health social worker, I think managing mood would be more important and uh, the shifting of times can throw people off and impact mental health issues too. So I, trade's one thing, but I think mental health's more important. But for now, the clocks will continue to change and twice a year leaving some... 11 o'clock, is that right?
Jules Knox, Global News, Kelowna. Yeah. You see, you know what the good news is, though, with this, is that a lot of kids will be in bed by now. So great news for parents. Think. Extra hour for a glass of wine. Yes. Yeah. You, Hopefully. Although a lot of people don't know how to turn back their clocks now because their iPhones or whatever phone they have. It happens. Automatically. Yeah. So as you were saying, in your car, you just kind of just got to minus the hour and wait until it you know, uh, yeah. the game. That's not going to change for a while. Yeah. <laughs> that good old manual somewhere, like, dig it out. All right, a quick word on the uh, weather, Yvonne, before well, we go. We'll see the sunset sunrise early tomorrow morning, uh, and uh, temperatures will be very pleasant over the next couple of days. We could still get brushed by an isolated shower, but it'll be very light and some nice sunshine as we look ahead towards next week. All right, thanks very much for watching. Have a great evening. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night.